and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Welcome to devmo.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Jonathan Melville from NDD in Atlanta. I'm Marion Nulliver here in Portland, Oregon. I'm Matt Stein from Working Concept in Austin. I'm Michael Rogg. Good morning from Texas, Houston. And I'm Patrick Harrington from Mildly Geeky in Boston. And this is a special little episode that we all decided to record just to celebrate the holidays. We're all kind of getting in the holidays. Anyone getting in the mood already? Does anyone have any eggnog broken out? Oh, yeah. I, I actually the best do. eggnog recipe. At this very, at this very moment. What's the oh, right now you're drinking. Yeah. Right this it's, it's great. second. Is it just a way to drink booze? Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't understand how it came about. Like, who was the first person that decided to combine a raw egg with, like, a holiday no. drink? But it is oh, good. Oh, man. Do, do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I actually... the history of eggnog is, like, one of my favorite things in the world. N- number uh, one. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I'm frightened that this is something you have studied, but I'm not terribly surprised. But yes, please, Michael. He studied it, and it's his favorite thing in the world. Enlighten us. No, I mean, I I don't know, like, if it's my actual very, very top favorite thing, but it's probably top top dozen favorite things in the world. But no, it's actually... um, Kind of, kind of an Americanism goes back to like the 1700s. Hold on, hold uh, on, Michael. I got to I'll do the setup for you. So, (laughs) if you were out on the ranch artificially, artificially inseminating a cow, you had just (laughs) just pulled the shoulder glove on, and you're about to get ready, and someone walked up to you and said, "Hey, what's the history of eggnog anyway?" What would you say? (laughs) Oh man, why am I? It's a job, Michael. Cow. Somebody's <laughs> okay. got to do it. It's a job. Someone's got to do it. And the, mm-hmm. the shoulder glove is for protection. Go ahead. Tell us about eggnog. Yeah. Well, so like flips have, have been around for a while. A flip being like a class of drink that like would usually combine a beer or an ale and, and sugar and some kind of, sort of seafarer's spirit. And an eggnog is, is a variation on that. It kind of was poured among the aristocracy of, of Britain is, is where it kind of reached major popularity and it would be with brandy but then when uh, we came over to the colonies uh, to america it was kind of hard to get brandy because it was so heavily taxed and so it started being more popular to make it with rum from the caribbean because that was close by and easy to get and so that's how the modern eggnog recipe came to be but it's kind of 1700s maybe even 1600s era british thing that the kind of americans stole and made our own uh you know what I, I don't believe it i think it was some rogue puritan was in the in the kitchen you know she probably didn't even wear like a, a head scarf on or whatever crazy <laughs> And she was probably, you know, making some eggs, making some breakfast or something like that. And her bottle of liquor just like fell into what she was mixing. And she tried it and she's like, ah, screw it. Yeah, I'll just serve yeah. this, you know? The, yeah, so, so the thing, so the, the reason it's called nog is actually the more interesting trivia. Uh, it's because that alcoholic things in that time were served in little wooden cups called noggins. And so your, your egg flip in a noggin was an eggnog. Huh. Egg that nog. sounds British. Like you're, you're, you're cut, right? It's so extremely British. I still don't, um, I don't care where it comes from. I don't like it. It's not a thing for me. I don't care. I'll, I'll just have cognac. Yeah. Cause you don't like the taste of it or you can't get past the fact that you're drinking a raw egg. It just does nothing for me. Like I, I'm just, mm. I'll, I'll just mix up, you know, well, if I want a spirit, I'll just have some cognac or something like that. 
you know? Yeah, but you can do that anytime. Like eggnog, what makes eggnog special is just like you only do it at Christmas. So it kind of gets you in the mood. Well, at least I, that's how I think. Jonathan, I've got a huge, this is going to blow your mind. You actually can drink egg, eggnog anytime you want. But I no, choose not to. No, no, you absolutely cannot. <laughs> it's, it's, you can only drink it at Christmas. Uh, otherwise, you're wrong. And, uh, <laughs> and that's yeah. that. But one of the first recipes to be ever written down under the name of eggnog actually came from George Washington and it uses a combination of whiskey, rum, and sherry. And that is my preferred recipe at the moment. Uh, well, I'm now you're just reading know. from Wikipedia. There's I no was just about to say, yeah. I, 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 I know he's got the Wikipedia yes, yes, you are. <laughs> I, I, fact, I, that's what brought his teeth I, down. I also... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I would. I also have been like messing with a recipe using mastija, which is kind of like a, a pine sap liqueur, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. So I'd be curious to know. You said you have the best recipe, so I'd, I would be curious. I'll to send know it to you. Yeah. What your what your recipe is? It's from an old cookbook in Georgia called Taste of Georgia that was famous around here, and yeah, it's pretty. I, good I think the amazing thing to me is all over the world, people have been able to extract liquor or just some kind of drug from just about everything. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure there's some remote island where they managed to they managed to siphon alcohol from a rock somewhere. Yeah. Was it you that said you were on vacation somewhere and there was like a very strange drug that was... Didn't we talk about this? Oh, the, yeah, the, the beetle nut. Pine nut beetle yeah, that's what it was. That's yeah, but was. and here's the crazy thing about that is you gotta, you gotta pick this beetle nut and it tastes like crap on its own. It's really bitter. And then you have to combine it with a mustard stick and you have to combine it with lime, like the kind of lime that you use for decomposing bodies or fertilizing your lawn or whatever. You mean you have to do that because that's like the chemical yes. reaction All happens? three of those things have to to be mixed together or it doesn't do anything. And when they're mixed together, it looks like blood. So people that are chewing this stuff. It's kind of like you went to Alabama and there are lots of people like chewing tobacco, but it's blood red that they're spitting yeah. out. And you'll see people all over the, the South Pacific that are doing it. And man, does it mess you up? <laughs> like if you're not if you're not used to it. But think about that. That think, would be very trippy. Think about who had to come up with that combination. Like the town drunk was just like, oh, I'm going to eat this thing that tastes terrible. And then I'm going to mix it with mustard stick, which is something you'd never eat. And then I'm going to throw in lime. Like, like how? How does and this what happen? what combinations did they also come up with along the way and possibly died from? Like, oh, it, yeah. it, it, that's the one that stuck. Like, yeah. they, they, that, that's not your first attempt. Right, right. Yeah. You know, I don't get it. Well, Natural selection, man. Well, speaking of your your first attempt, Patrick. So, what are you attempting to do this holiday season? You doing you and your family doing anything special? Not really. Oftentimes, we go down to Washington D.C. We'll we've flown in the past, but we bought a minivan in the last year. Uh, we're not doing that until February, though. I, I'm honestly we're so busy right now with work. I'm probably working more than I would like to over the break. Come on, um, I know. Come um, on, you're working uh, over. You're not working on Christmas though. Not on Christmas. But what no, about I'm, Christmas I'm, Eve? Are you drawing the line at Christmas Eve? I'll probably do a half day. Christmas probably. Eve day, you're going to work? Maybe. And the kids will be home, so we'll see how well that works out. And New Year's? New Year's? No, I don't think so. You're not going to work? Are you going to do anything special on New Year's? No. No, I'm going to go to bed around 1030. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, I don't think we have any plans yet. I, although, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even like to stay up till midnight anymore. It's just too much. I can't. Like, my kids get up yeah. multiple times during the night at times. So, we have a three-year-old. Yep. And, uh, I mean, he always wants to come in and like cuddle with my wife you know at least one of us is calling it yeah i used to be interesting or at least yeah. think i was interesting back before i had kids but yeah <laughs> i totally get it how about you johnny claus what are you planning to do this this holiday season i'm planning on staying put so i'm gonna try to we well, just had a kid cut off yeah yeah we have a baby and yeah. so that's number three for us and so <sighs> it's not easy for us to travel for one and right. then two we're just kind of 
we're just kind of happy to stay at home this year and take it easy and make it easy on ourselves. I do like to go out on New Year's Eve. I think it's a lot of fun. But yeah, like Patrick said, I'm not really one for the staying up till midnight anymore. We do put on the fake countdown for the kids mm-hmm. so they can mm-hmm. feel like that they've watched a countdown and go to bed. You don't go out raving anymore? You know, it's been <laughs> it's been like a year or two since I've done that. So I probably won't return to the rave, the rave scene. It's just a fake countdown from some other part of the world. Yeah, yeah. We celebrate Australian New Year's Eve. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true, Marion. It's probably accurate somewhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, Marion, you were you were talking, so how about yourself? What are you going to do this holiday season? Oh, we're going to have the probably 40th annual thing where the family gets together and very amateurishly plays a bunch of Christmas carols. Oh, nice. Except mm-hmm. my sister-in-law who has heard it often enough that she's definitely not going to stick around. Are there instruments? Is this there, yes, yes. caroling? Synchronized clocks. Synchronized clocks. No, no, they're instruments. They're they're violins and cellos and and um, I'm getting wow. my father. Don't tell anybody, but I'm getting my father an actual washboard for Christmas. Oh, that's wow. that's for awesome. his request. Cool. I feel what like this could be a future episode of the show if you recorded. What are the age ranges? Over the In 40 of years? The, uh, or the right musician, now? Like playing the instruments. That's what I'm curious Take about. it easy, Patrick. They're all married. Um, um, <laughs> 88 down to, I don't know, who's the youngest? 25. Oh, cool. Many smaller children, they would f- definitely be inducted. So, Michael, other than studying the mating habits of the Australian ground squirrel, like what are you going to be doing this holiday season? <laughs> I'm pleased to tell you I have no interest in studying any squirrels over this holiday season. Now, I actually, that that sounds like such a cool tradition. I want to sit around and like play Christmas carols and sing all day. That would be, I think, my magazine poster ideal Christmas. I'll give you Marion's address if you want to show up. One of these days. Sure. I, I, I might, man. No, we're, we're actually, um, we're taking a trip. Me and my me and my parents are are taking a trip up to Southgate, Kentucky, which is like right across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio. We're going to visit my childhood next door neighbor Bestie and his family for Christmas. Hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm on the road for Christmas and you over there for New go, Year's too, or go bundle up. No, I'll be back. Um, I'm back here. I think I'll I'll actually be in Austin. Are you going to do like drunk bull riding for New Year's? Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. No, my uh, temperature on Christmas in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's a, that's a great, that is anybody's guess, man. It's either going to be 80. Yeah. It's either going to be 80 or it's going to be 30. Okay. Depending on the. I just imagined it was always hot. I did. It's it's not always hot. We've, (laughs) we've actually had uh, snow on Christmas. Come uh, on. And, and we also have had. Is it snow in quotes? Degree. Well, it's, I mean, it's in quotes compared to upstate New York snow. Right. But, but we have, well, so we've actually had like a resting coat of consistent white fluffy snow on the ground for multiple hours at a time. Wow. And I don't know, I don't know about the rest of Texas. Some parts of Texas are used to seeing snow. Houston is certainly not. So when it snows, the once every two years that it snows and you can actually see snow resting on the ground, everybody loses it. <laughs> like they lose their minds because nobody knows how to drive on yeah. even the slightest amount of ice. People are like, oh, look, it's so pretty. Let's go drive on the highways like we normally do. Oh, God. And 
And so yeah. then, you know, all the highways are shut down because yeah. like, there's wrecks we, everywhere. We and all the, the same school clothes. Yeah. And, and it's like, guys, it's literally an eighth of an inch of snow. Well, we How had two inches. losing your minds? We just had two inches like a couple of years ago in Atlanta. And there were literally kids that had to sleep at school because their parents could not make it to the school to pick them up because like it started snowing at like 11 o'clock and that was enough to shut everything down. That's funny. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a little bit that's a little bit more reasonable though, right? Because like that's 2 inches of snow. That's enough to be problematic and it's in a city where you don't really have infrastructure that's used yeah, to no snow to plows like, anything. So my you know, sweeping snow off the streets or whatever. So my wife is from Malaysia, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's like a very tropical country, right? It's kind of like I guess it would be analogous to like Costa Rica. You know, in terms of the weather, like jungle, you know, it's either rainy season, dry season or whatever. Her mm-hmm. sister ended up coming over here. And I remember walking down the streets with her sometime in October and she was shivering. She's like, oh, oh, my God, it's so cold. And I just I just looked over at her. I'm like, oh, you poor, sweet summer child. Like you have, <laughs> you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. I think where we live is it's in the top 10 in terms of like the amount of snow that we get every year. And uh, I remember seeing her a couple of months later, maybe it was like in February and she's like, and, and understand like this is someone that just is coming from never having even touched or seen snow in her entire life, you know, mm. saw her in February and she was just like, oh my God, why do people live here? I don't understand. <laughs> But Matt, what are you what are you going to be doing over the holidays, sir? I am going to experiment with taking two days in a row off where I'm not working. We're going to see what happens. Okay. Inspired by Marion to get out maybe the guitar and play carols for the three minutes it takes for my fingers to hurt. And then I'm going to see uh, <laughs> okay. what happens uh, in Texas in Central Time for New Year's Eve. I assume we all shoot guns into the air. Oh, that's right. You you we'll just recently out. moved there, right? So you're, you are, sorry, that's fled, right. fled. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, however you want to see it. Matt, how is a witness protection program going? I can't talk about you it. You can't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <can't talk> <laughs> no, I was so startled in the, at the top of the show when you said, that you were in Austin because I was like, I'm ready to say, here I am in Texas. And then like, wait, did he say Austin? Wait, what? So did I Did I miss? What did I miss? When did you move to Austin? We we snuck it in this July. We sold our house in Seattle and, and moved down here for welcome. Ad- adventure. Thank you. And uh, it's been fun. I've just been mostly eating tacos and, and working. And you are, uh, you are El, getting used to the- <laughs> El Taco Blanco was- after all. That's really that's, it, it's torchies. It's you know in, in Austin. It's it's uh, it's a lot of torchies. My favorite part. You can just yeah. You can just close your eyes, wander around until you touch a gas station, go in there, and get a better taco yep. in general uh-huh. than any other place I've lived. It's incredible. Say whatever you want. I'm not eating tacos from a gas station. That, that is true. Well, you might if you, you were in Austin. You might want to man. change. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. You'd be you'd be missing out. Otherwise, I'm very, do, do I'm very own, high class. It has to come out of a truck. Matt, do you, do you own gu- a gun, Matt? No, I used to have an airsoft pistol, um, <laughs> uh-huh. but that's as close as I've been. You have a water pistol, yeah. admit it. A super no, soaker. I, I actually know we actually we have a we do have a water pistol. Mm. Well, then then it's it's water pistols in the air for you this new year. <laughs> So as for as for myself, and thank you everyone for asking. I know you're concerned about me. No, Wait, Andrew. Really? <laughs> yes, Andrew. You're you're out. You're you're on the top of a mountain in Malaysia, hmm. shoveling snow hmm. to park your car, and you know a, a a native wanders by and and says, "Boy, this snow sure is odd." And also, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, well, and how many cows have you inseminated today? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. The Wilt Chamberlain of Cows, huh? <laughs> no, so what what we're doing for this uh, holiday, we're actually going down to the Caribbean. So we're going to be heading down on Monday. So a couple days before Christmas, we're going to go down. We're going to have uh, Christmas on the beach, I guess. And uh, we're going to be there through New Year's too. So we're getting away from all of the snow and going somewhere completely opposite. <laughs> Isn't there a Christmas carol about that? Like having Christmas on a beach or Santa absconds to places tropical or like, I feel like there's a song about this. I mean, there's a Christmas carol about just about everything, right? I mean, it's like that, that internet rule. If you can think of it, it exists, you know? Are you going to shovel sand just to, you know, make sure that it still feels a little bit like home or just relax? Yeah, I'm going to make it feel exactly like home. So I'm going to sit in a chair and I'm going to tell my kids to shovel the sand. (laughs) (laughs) They can go out and make gravel angels. Yeah. Delegation. (laughs) See if they could make a, a sand snowman or something like that. I don't think yes, it's it's good it's good practice for uh, for Burning Man. I don't think that I don't think that'll work though. I don't think that'll work. So Patrick, we don't want to spoil it, but I know that you just went to see Star Wars Nine. I did. Yeah, we we can't spoil it. We're not going to spoil it. We're not going to. No. We're not spoiling anything. But maybe what is your the, uh, maybe you know after the outro? We can share a few things if people want to. What is your What is your very general opinion of that movie? It was a lot. It, a, a lot happened in a I don't know what two hours twenty minutes something two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they were trying to cram a whole lot in before they close out the Skywalker saga. I need to see it again. I was in the third row of the theater, which was you know I, I'm like oh it was only eleven rows, so I'm you know I'm not too far to the front. That's now. a bit I, much. Yeah, I, I I had to physically turn my head and yeah, no motion sickness, but it was not nice. So you were inside uh, of Ray's nostril a lot of the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> many close ups. So you were right there. You could yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot. I, I'm a big Star Wars fan, although anytime like I rank my Star Wars movie, it's like all right, I really like this one, and then that one less. And I, like as they go on, I like them less and less. So I'm mm-hmm. you know. I, Everyone is nostalgia for the maybe four. You know what? You know what shocked me is that I, you know, I grew up watching the original trilogy, and so when I exposed my my kids to all these things, like I didn't, I didn't give them any opinions on anything. Like we just watched everything, Mm -hmm. and I was curious to see what they thought. And my kids both like the original (laughs) trilogy better than any of the other movies. My daughter does too. She likes them more. I was very surprised because, you know, you never know how much of it is nostalgia and, you know, whether the movie actually really holds up or whatever. But they, they, both of them, which is shocking enough that they both agree on anything, you know, they're siblings, but they both like the original trilogy more. And and this is the other thing that surprised me. Then my oldest, he likes the, the prequels. He likes those more than the current movies that are out. Mm, that's oh, blasphemy. No. I'm not mm. saying you have to agree with it. I'm just telling well, no, you what wrong, is, though. you know. Yeah. He's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Your favorite character, Jar Jar. Person who drinks eggnog in <laughs> off season, probably. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't believe you're gonna. This is. This what is why. What does this say our, about you as a parent? This is why our society is going yeah. down the drain. Is because you guys want to argue with an 11 year old child over his opinion. Bring him on. Bring him on. Of a movie. show today. Yeah. Let's Look, talk to him. Truth will out, and wrong is wrong. And yeah. wrong, a, wrong you know. knows no age. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so is, if, is you, if you had General to give Grievous was his favorite part, the pod racing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> General Grievous. <laughs> I, <laughs> Gungans. Like, I, Oh. Look, man, I, I don't know. I'm just saying that over, and 
which, and that surprised me too, right? So the reason that surprised me is just the, you know, the production value of Mm -hmm. the current series. I thought like that alone would make him like it more, you know? And I thought the production value of the modern movies would make it look, I mean, let's be honest, like the, the Tauntauns, you know, if you look carefully, you can kind of tell that it's, you know, it's, it's a puppet. You know, but didn't matter. Lipstick on a pig, though, dude. Like a crappy, like a a dumb story is a dumb story. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't spend a a million bucks to put special effects on a dumb story and expect me to think it's not dumb. Well, I'm actually scared to see this movie because I'm a huge Star Wars fan Mm. and I thought The Force Awakens was okay. I thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. But then I just absolutely hated The Last Jedi. Mm. Like, uh, that's it just sort of ruined so much of star wars for me and so i'm like anxious or nervous to see to see this one but i'm sure i'll and and i think that that might kind of explain some of what patrick was mentioning in terms of they crammed a lot of movie in here because it because they had to fix like mistakes from the last one that's my well okay so mistakes i mean there are only so many things that happen in the last jedi in terms of moving the plot forward and then were they ways in which she really wanted them to move forward i I think Uh, i think mistakes is a strong statement but let's just say that there were a lot of things that were left over from the first movie that were then discarded in the last yeah, jedi completely <laughs> and, and now in this movie you know it's it's by the the same director jj abrams who did the force awakens so now he's kind of you know he, he's kind of starting the story where he yeah, picked it up yeah, but he, he gets the last word though yeah. which is but is an anyway like so just so we don't get you know, mired in a debate over these movies or whatever. So, what did what did you give it out of ten? What would you be your rating of out of out of seven? Out of ten, <laughs> base seven now. What would be your rating so of, of the wait. of the movie? Uh, my rating. Well, what is ten? Like ten is the most perfectly sublime movie I've ever seen in my life, and one is like G- uh, relative to the standard. So ten would be like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, relative to so your favorite Star Wars movie is ten. So then where does and your least favorite Star Wars movie is one. So where does this fit on that scale? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I ranked it four, five, six, seven, nine, eight, and three are about equivalent. And then mm. one and two are about equivalent. Right. That's you know that's where I am. I, I like the Force Awakens a little bit more than this just mm. because I don't want to spoil anything like some people really even avoid the trailers but they just try to bring in so much to find a way to close things out that right. I really wish I could have seen J.J. Abrams doing all three movies rather than having you know doing I think a pretty good job with The Force Awakens to bring the trilogy back and say hey this isn't the prequels all over again but then eight was a little bit of a detour and he had to cram a whole lot of story and a whole lot of action if you like action this movie has got a lot of action oh yeah um mm-hmm. and you know it's really well done and it's just like whoa I, I wish they had almost done like you know avengers having a two-parter almost well the the difference with what they did with avengers is the story was was cohesive from start to finish and before they made any of these movies they knew the arc yeah they knew the arc of the characters they knew where the story was headed yeah At, with star wars it seems like that wasn't the case at all. Like J.J. Abrams made his movie. Then who was the Ryan Johnson? Is that right? Yeah. Ryan Johnson. Ryan, Ryan. So he apparently J.J. Abrams, when he after Force Awakens, he had like an outline of like, well, this is kind of like the general story. So like Ryan Johnson just throws it up completely. And does his own and, thing. And like Ryan Johnson's a very competent filmmaker. Like right. Knives yeah. Out is supposed to be outrageously good, like especially if you like Clue. I haven't seen it yet, but he did Looper, which was a pretty cool movie. And yeah, it was great. Right. Well, but so here's, um, I here's feel like a, he just didn't want to do Star Wars, but somehow got pulled into a Star Wars movie. Well, that's not yeah. what that's not what he said. Like
like in all of his interviews, he's like, I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a kid. I can't wait to do this. You know, it may be just his style doesn't really mesh with what they were in a way that didn't meld with the rest of how you make a Star Wars. But, you know, to, to your point, Jonathan, when George Lucas made Star Wars originally, and originally it was just called Star Wars, right? It wasn't called A New Hope because they the didn't Star Wars. They didn't even think they were going to do another one. He didn't have a grand plan for how all this stuff was going to unfold. So it shows you it can be done well and it can be done poorly. So for instance, for the prequels, he did have a grand plan in terms of like where it was going to yeah. go and that didn't work out well. So I think it, it's it's both that there was no plan and, and then also, you know, it just wasn't executed well. But I, I don't want to get this into a whole discussion of Star Wars. But go ahead, Matt. You got something you want to He had a story to tell with the first one. That's all that matters. No, Everybody thought it was weird and kind of dumb, but right. he had a story to tell and that's what he was focused on. Star Wars is no longer focused on the story as much as upholding the, you know, the universe of stuff i think i disagree i I think the reason i disagree is that for instance you can have a i I think what happened honestly with the prequels is that george lucas became like untouchable to the point that everyone he worked with like no one said no to him they're all just like oh yeah that's exactly what you're exactly right oh yeah george (laughs) yeah Nobody questioned any of his decisions, and that was a huge problem with the prequels. Well, and it's understandable because if he hit them out of the park and he basically, you know, he changed cinema. So it's understandable that people are a little bit in awe of him and don't want to correct him and be like, well, sounds stupid to me. But if George says it, it must be right. You know what I mean? Right. He also, there was one key thing missing. Hmm. His wife had edited hmm. uh, the original, I, I think the original trilogy, trilogy, maybe just the first movie. It was just the first but, one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, by the time he got to the prequels, he had been going through a divorce and they were all yep. kind of dark and distinctly different without her <sighs> behind the scenes. That's, they they that's weren't dark, they were just theory. not good. They were just, you know. Mm, but look at how female protagonists are portrayed in the Well, in the, the, prequels. And the problem, well... I guess I'd have to think about that. But the problem with that, a lot of people say, well, well, they were made for kids. And then you look at them talking on the floor of the Senate and the, they're talking about trade wars. And you're like, that's not like <laughs> yeah. kids. No, like oh, kids gosh. don't. Yeah. Kids don't want the trade war. Like, I'm sorry. This is not. Yeah. The Jedi as tax collector. That's just not it. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway. I can't, I can't help as we're, as we're sitting here, you know, like debating the merits of these movies, which I think is completely legitimate. I just keep like imagining George Lucas, like sitting on a, like a, th- a throne hmm. over a big, big, pile of money just like with that Willy Wonka pose like yes tell me what you thought of my prequels right <laughs> you know you no know, from atop his his billions he got he got disgusted by people not liking his story anymore they just walked away mm-hmm. which you well, know and- it's okay baby yoda is here to save everything right. so we don't actually have to worry about the movies mm-hmm. because so i have been enjoying yoda. the mandalorian quite a bit and that's why i said matt i don't agree with you because i think there are plenty of stories that could be told in the star wars universe that could be really mm-hmm. really good and i will submit that there have been some rough patches to d- you know different episodes of the mandalorian some of them were not wonderful, but some like the latest one, episode seven, I thought was fantastic. Matt, yeah. what, what do you think? God, there's seven now. Jeez. Uh, I don't know. My, my wife and I have each read a bunch of the books, like getting getting deep into the Star Wars universe. They have I books. They're yeah. <laughs> they're they're actually uh, stacks of paper that are bound together, and you turn the pages slowly and That's sound out the words. And so you get a story. weird, yeah. And they're, they're they're some of them are pretty good. Like they're cohesive and and usually fit into like the authors bother trying to fit things into the same Star Wars universe, and now that's all kind of shattered. Yeah. And I don't know. I. I take it as entertainment and try not to get too wrapped up in it. We have an ongoing marital um, watch and respond uh, debate 
as to how <laughs> that went, but I don't know. It's it's okay. I've I've learned to just stop. What, 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 too hold much. on, hold on. Wait, watch and respond. It. What? Yeah, we we uh, well, we watch it. It ends, and then we look at each other in silence for a while. Okay, wait for whoever starts, and then we just like <laughs> pick it apart for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long. Um, Hashtag couple goals. Yeah, Man, that we, is we the have a... weirdest foreplay I've ever heard about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. Um, I don't know. It's okay. I, if I, I I had high hopes from the beginning, and there a couple episodes just made me wonder why we bothered introducing characters early on and where we're going. But if you stop thinking about it and just just watch and drool, it's really it's fine. Yeah. So it was really weird out when two episodes into uh, The Mandalorian, people were saying it was the greatest Western ever made in the history of Westerns. I'm like, "Mm, that's it's it's good. What I did like about it, though, is that it's it's unbound from the from the from the previous history of Star Wars. I agree. So like it's, it doesn't have, it's not encumbered by having to fit into all the yep. Skywalker narrative and all that. And so that actually gives me high hopes for this new trilogy that's planned, I guess, in 2022 or whenever they're going to do it. It's is like, it though? Is it yeah, a different, yeah. it's a different canon? Yeah, it is. So they've said this is the uh, end of, this is the end of Skywalker stuff and the new yeah. trilogy is not going to have any of the old stuff. I think that that's actually great because I feel like maybe some of the story suffered because of the need to try to incorporate. No, what, what it is, is all of the canon and all of the fans, right? It's like, it's like working on a legacy code base where there's just piles exactly of stuff. right tacked on to it and and trying to do anything with it is just going to complete freaking nightmare. So they just shipped the last version and they just said they stamped it. They said, good enough. That's the last one that's out the door. Now they get to just rebuild it from the ground up. And, you know, you got to, you have to do this on software projects too, right? Sometimes like it just happens, but I think they do need to, they need to eject everything, including everyone's preconceptions of what everything should be and start afresh. And I think that they could come up with some really cool stuff. But the funny thing is like, we're talking about this, right? And I just envision Marion sitting there, like shaking her head going, (laughs) nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Marion's not a nerd. Let Mary talk. Go <laughs> Star Wars movies when they first came out. Yep. And I don't think I've. That's it. Mm-hmm. You may have done it right. Yeah. You. I mean. Well, you know. I remember them very vaguely. And back when Jabba the Hutt was an actual guy, not a slug. <laughs> oh my god. No, I don't think there was a Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, he was in the. He was in a New Hope, but it what? was like an actual guy. He wasn't yeah. like. Oh no, that was cut. Oh, that was, it was back Joe Pesci. I don't no, remember. I just that was don't remember. Help Joe me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope, and that's that's about it. Human Jabba was cut and then brought back and made a CGI superimposed. It's ugh. so let's yeah. let's move it towards something not entirely yeah. related to to Star Wars, but kind of similar. So one of the Ouch. things that happened with this is that one of the actresses who played Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, died, yeah. and yes. what's what the studios did is they brought her back. With a combination of footage that already existed, mm-hmm. along with CGI. And that's something that, you know, <laughs> CGI has gotten to the point where, and, and this is what a lot of the studios are doing, is they're capturing any actors that they have in these big franchises. They are basically doing an in, a deep 3D body scan of everyone that is in there. So that if something happens to them, that they can do this. And Disney's got like an archive of all of these characters that are sitting there. How do you folks feel about that in terms of like, what if it was a relative of yours well, that died and then they they reanimated them via CG? How would you feel about that? 
I, I heard that there was not CGI, that it was all... No, there was. There was. Footage. Sure. There was. I thought they were kind of recutting it in funny ways. I mean... I don't want to give any spoilers, where, but there was. I was say, yeah, there, there's one I'd say where she was obscured by shadows. Is the only like, It looked like they'd obviously edited it quite a bit, but I don't know if you call it CGI as much as almost, you know, almost just Photoshop that well, you know, she was viewed in the shadows for maybe a scene that they didn't really, weren't able to recreate out of... So I, w- I was not on the production team, but from what I read... Red, there was a combination of CGI, found footage, okay. and then also actors or actresses, or sorry, an, an actress that kind of stood in, you know, like stunt, sure. doubles stunt doubles do all the time. But, you know, for sure, like in um, Rogue One, for instance, Carrie Fisher right. was put in there via CGI. How right. would you well, feel? I mean, Peter how Cushing in 1977 or whatever, Carrie Fisher was put in there via CGI. So, so Matt, Peter so Matt was, had been dead for years and they brought him back as, you know, Tarkin. Right. So, Matt, how would you feel if one of your relatives was an actor or an actress and was brought back to life to play a role in a movie? Like, how would how would you feel about that? How'd they pull it off in the movie? Did they ruin the end of the movie like Rogue One, where they <laughs> did not need to use CG to reveal how... Are you telling me weird... you would care how they did it in the movie? Yeah. Was it okay. for just, like, gratuitous effect or was it? did it do something for the story? If they're going to live on, let's have it be good. If they're going to be made into, a like, a crappy action figure... And their likeness is going to be used to I don't know like like does it do no, something useful or is it yeah, garbage I, I just I mean, think work one is like episode three and three quarters it happens you know right. literally in the days before the first Star Wars movie and so they wanted to connect it back to the events that are yeah about yeah, to yeah. Happen. no yeah. and the ending was awesome until she turned oh, so around and it was just like oh right yeah, what, yeah. why did we have to do that yeah, but what could have just showed Tark- it from behind has like dead eyes yeah, yeah. But, but what does this do to the idea of acting as a profession well I think if yeah, you're able to do hold on if you hold on if you're able to do things like deep fakes where you can make it look like somebody is saying anything you want them to say. You know, I mean, that's something that can be done and there, people are having problems with like, you know, people are making like celebrity porns that look real, but it's just because it's, you know, they're CGIing some celebrity's face on it or whatever. That's a super cool trick and everything, but but motion, you still have to have some, some real reference to draw from. Look at how much more motion capture there is than when, you know, George was first animating Jar Jar and stuff and and how much uh, Andy Andy Serkis Mm -hmm. does because he's excellent at portraying characters and he doesn't mind wearing a leotard with ping pong balls on it It, it, they're still acting acting is still part of it and sure you can take somebody's likeness and mimic them but you need to capture their performance not in some you know I don't know 3D animator can get so far but you need I don't know you need the actor you need that but Matt like I could put on a black suit with a bunch of ping pong balls strapped to it right (laughs) and I could use the 3D scan (laughs) that I've that I've got (laughs) I know I know it's yeah. And I could use a 3D scan, like a deep scan that we have of you and mm-hmm. a scan of your voice. And I can have you doing all sorts of horrible things that you never signed up for. Like, is there yeah. is there an ethical issue there? But as soon as you're speaking clearly and your sentences are ending properly, people are going to know that's not Matt. That's Andrew in a ping pong ball suit. And look at how often he's talking about SEO Matic and how much he loves, you know, confetti. This isn't Matt. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, this is I think it's kind of interesting. In that I, I think, think it's fascinating. I'm just, yeah. you know, I have to argue back because yeah. I'm interested to know about like, contractually, do they get any royalties for yeah, or something? Yeah, money. That's what I would yeah, want to know. Yeah, if they're like, yeah, you can scam me and maybe after I die, you can, you know, recreate Goodfellas if you're De Niro or, you know, do something down the line. But does his estate get 
proceeds from that? Does he have any overview saying you can't cast me as Hitler? And so, you know, you can't, you know, what? I don't know. Like, they, I don't know how you. It's going to be like most the contracts. copyright expires. And so really, really old actors end up being free. It's going to be like most contracts, I think, Patrick, where if you're new to the game, you're going to get screwed and they're going to own everything. Yeah. But if you have, you know, big star power and you can negotiate, then you probably are going to be able to negotiate better terms for your likeness. I think the interesting thing is that it may not be, I don't know if copyright is something that would cover this. It might be, I don't know. I mean, it could be considered their intellectual property. I'm not sure how that would. Yeah, they're saying we own the rights to that character and we Mm -hmm. are just making a scan of the character as portrayed Mm -hmm. by this actor. And, you know, we're, yeah, just future-proofing against the ability to use this character down the line. It's really interesting. And also, there's a movie coming out uh, next year called Finding Jack and it's starring a resurrected James Dean who died in 1955. Yeah. I mean, this kind of thing is going to happen. And I wonder, I mean, Matt, you're correct that there has to be a performance somewhere. But I wonder if this makes the importance of actors, at least from a visual sense, like, does it downgrade them? Or, you know, the historically, it's been mostly beautiful people that become actors and actresses. Does that matter anymore? You know, could it just be any random person and they just CGI the crap out of it? I, I still think there has to be it has to be grounded in, in a person and in a performance. Well, it would be I a person. It has to be. But I think that it will probably fail ultimately if it's if it's not because we're mm-hmm. just so attuned to picking out the subtleties of fellow humans versus fake ones and and I think that I don't know I think if you're watching a deep fake like you can be entertained by it but at a fundamental level like something feels wrong and I think that just from a, a from just a, a purely market standpoint I think that that sort of thing will just be less marketable I, I don't don't foresee. I hope. I hope that there is not a an age to come where where that sort of thing does feel as natural as I as an actual will. natural. I think it absolutely. Well, I mean, you look at like what Toy Story has done from what was that nineteen ninety seven up through this year, and ha- how far things have come. And obviously, humans are much more complex, but they're getting there. They're getting really close. And the idea idea that they can map in someone's audio, their picture, I think it's only a matter of time. Well, the, sure, but like the characters in Toy Story aren't purported to be human. No, like, but they're, but they're so realistic now. It's it's almost photorealistic. Like they this they look like plastic. They have texture, and obviously that's kind of the the first step of getting that really right. Skin and hair and and mannerisms and eyes is much 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 tougher. But in the day, if you get the frames correct. It, you know, on the in the movie, it'll. Did anyone see I, I think the movie? Get there. Did anyone see the movie Alita: Battle Angel? I haven't. So there's a clip. Uh, there are a couple of clips of side by side of the actress performing Rosa Salazar performing in her motion capture stuff, and then the resulting CGI in real time that is happening along with it. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it is really amazing in terms of what it looks like. And I'll I'll put a link in the show notes so that people can check it out. But I mean, I, I don't I don't know, man. I think I think it's the the line of. Pres- Presumption, really. Like, if you're animating something that isn't human, I think that our senses are much more forgiving. And the minute you try to tell me it's human, but it's but it's not. I hope. I hope that our senses will revolt. But you know, like I also ho- really hoped that AMP wasn't going to ruin the internet, and <laughs> and I was wrong on that. So um, 
so I hope. I hope that that human CGI doesn't go the way of AMP. Well, I don't know what movie it was that I just watched. I'm I'm I've been slow to the party on the Avengers uh, movies, and it's it's one of these in that universe. But it was the first time I've watched a movie and been convinced by a photorealistic human being, rendered human being, was young Samuel L. Jackson. The reason is because mm-hmm. by the time we got to the end of the movie, I was I forgot that he was like somehow much younger, and it was like it was actually done in a way that. I just believed that it was filmed, you know, 20 years prior or something like that. It's the only time I've, I've bought it. And it was a little bit of that in the Irishman too, wasn't there where mm. there was like a younger Robert De Niro or something. But that's almost like touching up more than entirely new. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was like close ups, and I, it just the whole, it worked the whole time. I'm trying to figure out what movie it was. Cause now I'm just going backwards, but it was the incredible. The rings had, had fake people in it, right? Yeah, those trolls were definitely fake. Battle well, scenes. the hobbits and so on, right? <laughs> that actually reminds me, they're doing a Lord of the Rings series now. Like they're they're looking oh, yeah. and they're looking to cast it in New Zealand. And what one of the things they want to do to try to save money is they're basically asking ugly people to apply to become orcs. <laughs> because they no, they they want people that, you know, are classically ugly and that, you know, they're kind of modeled or they've got scars or they've got asymmetrical faces or whatever. And they're doing it again to try and save on makeup. They want to be able to just have someone like kind of look like an orc walk off the street. And they're having problems because they can't find enough ugly people in New Zealand to fill the role. Maybe you could have reverse. Maybe, maybe you reverse. should move to New Zealand. Oh. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm going to star in a movie. Yeah. They want me. They're <laughs> flying me in. No, you're not. But I, I, I mean, I think that that is pretty amusing that they're doing it purely just to save on money. And so they're they're looking for ugly people. I mean, if they're having a problem finding them in New Zealand, just come to upstate New York. You'll have no problem. <laughs> just, uh, what is that? What does that casting call look like? Yeah, people aren't really <laughs> yeah, it, it probably is not the most flattering thing, but it, you know, it'd be fun to be an extra in the movie, no matter what you're in there for. You know, who knows? Maybe you're in a car accident. You can't help it. You're scarred. You're messed up. You know, and get to be in a movie. Great. You know. Or oh, what if the credits are just like ugly extra one, ugly extra two? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're supremely ugly. This <laughs> woman five. I bet you're not I have, even. I have definitely read movie credits where someone is credited as like ugly woman on the street. <laughs> I think yeah. Like, or something. yeah. Like, uh, how would you like to have that on your acting resume? Yeah, you go up to your friends at a bar and you're just like, oh, I was just in this movie. And they're like, oh, yeah, would you play? Oh, ugly woman number two. <laughs> you're not or even if you ugly get, like, woman. on the street. You're like, were you ugly? Were you ugly man four? <laughs> yeah, you're not even yeah. ugly, ugly man one. You're ugly man four <laughs> I, mean, you know, I don't know man a job is a job i hear that's uh that's a thing in hollywood so speaking of jobs our, our house was in the movie a while ago and apparently they picked it because of our casually landscaped backyard <laughs> that's not a compliment <laughs> that's not a compliment. The movie. a job is a job yeah. a job is a job sure <laughs> but speaking terrible movie speaking of jobs I mean, one of the things I find interesting is that Patrick is telling us that he's probably going to be working a lot over the holidays. Mm. And, and Michael, you're talking about that you're kind of swamped with stuff. So how do we how do we avoid that? How do we avoid like we don't we get time off? What's going on, guys? Maybe we're just ditching the holidays. Yeah. You think we're just jaded and we don't care anymore? Is that it? I don't know. I always wanted to go to Turkey and get away from the whole Christmas carols. And, you know, they're I'm definitely jaded. Everything. 
there were there were places I went that I thought I could get away from it. Like I, I went over to Malaysia and I'm like, yeah, this is no problem. You know, like Christmas, it's kind of a Christian holiday in some ways. And Malaysia is mostly Muslim nation. Like, no problem. I'm going to be away from all of this. Nope. nope. <laughs> they had they had Santa Claus. They had the red hat because, you know, all the companies were just like, well, we don't really care where this comes from. This is a fa- fantastic commercial opportunity to exploit Mm. but patrick do you if you had your way like would you rather be working less over the holidays or or is it okay or yeah thousand percent yeah Yeah. there are deadlines to be met though because if you are somewhat jaded i could totally see like you don't have to treat it any special you know and you'd be happy to have the work no, I'm not jaded. I I love the holiday season. I love family. I I don't want to be working. I no. And Michael, <laughs> not to be a downer, but no, I'm not thrilled. And Michael, apparently, you throw rocks at people that go around Christmas caroling. So I I love anyone who Christmas carols, and I do nothing but feed them eggnog and figgy pudding. Well, you said you're jaded, though. <laughs> well, yeah, like I'm just a, a angry old man, like as a human. <laughs> so I'm not especially jaded about Christmas. Okay. I'm just like jaded. I'm taking some time off, Okay. Um, which is actually ironic because I just got done taking several months off as a sabbatical. So like mm. for me to talk about taking time off right now is, is sort of awkward. Yeah. No but, sympathy. But for me, for me, it's like the older I get, the less prestige the actual holiday has to me. Hmm. Like December 25th as a calendar date is less and less important. But like what is more and more important to me is the opportunity to just rest and be with people that I love. Hmm. And, and so if I'm working on December 25th because the family is getting together December 26th, then that's great. The, the calendar day doesn't doesn't have any particular. I don't know. Significance. It's like not sacred because right. like it is like it, gravitas. For, for those I in, think it's the word. You know, but but yeah, like it, the the celebration itself is is kind of essential, and the particular hours of the calendar that it occupies is less and less essential to right. me. So you um, you did a deep dive on eggnog, and I remember at some point I in my life, eggnog. At some point in my life, I did. A bunch of research on Christmas. So I'm only probably going to get like half of this right if I'm lucky. But from what I recall, in terms of like the history of Christmas as a holiday, there was a, a Greco-Roman holiday called Saturnalia that they celebrated kind of, you know, this time of year. And there were a whole bunch of like pagan festivals that happened this time of year. And the, the tradition of bringing a tree in into the house was some kind of came from somewhere in, in, in the Norwegian countries or whatever, where the winters were so terrible that they wanted to bring just some sign of life <laughs> into their house to show them like, you know, something actually could live or whatever. And so this holiday was already celebrated. And then the uh, Christians were just like, well, you know, we kind of want a holiday for ourselves. And they kind of attached the whole Christmas thing to this already existing tradition that's going on. And what I find interesting about that is then it has morphed to where it doesn't even have anything to do with that anymore either. It's just, it's basically a commercial holiday, you know, and Santa Claus, I think was invented. who you talk to. There, There are many people for who it's still, you know, a sacred day is, you know, the word sacred's been used. Sure. Uh, it, I wouldn't say, you know, that that's, you know, for many and you know, it is, but, but yeah, like, I think, you know, yeah. but Santa, okay. I understand. Like you, you can ascribe whatever meaning to it that you want. I'm just saying the world as a whole has morphed this thing from like a pagan holiday to including Christianity into it to it's really kind of like a almost a secular holiday in a lot of the world where like Samish Laos, I think, is where the original Santa Claus, again, came from somewhere in 
Norway, but a lot of this stuff is like really recent in terms of the traditions. But the holiday itself is just this weird mishmash that's been retreaded over and over again into what it is today. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think like the commercialism of the holiday bothers me as much as commercialism anywhere bothers me. Right, but um, it's geared up like it's at it's at ten right now. But, you know what but I mean? like the, the appropriation of the holidays from culture to culture is is. Let, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. It is <laughs> is less bothersome to me? Yeah, because it it would be extremely hypocritical for me, like being raised in the Christian church and watching Saint Boniface chop down the tree to keep the German pagans from worshiping it. And right, and now it's a holy tree. Right, and like, and that's great. And I think that that's legit. But like, if a non-Christian person wants to put a Christmas tree in their home to generally celebrate a season of joy and togetherness and generosity, then that's not okay. That's not very intellectually honest of me. And so I, you know, I, I can't really object to, yeah. okay, it's only right if it's the Christian American version. Right, because the tree like, was stolen from the pagans to begin with anyway. You know what I mean? Like everything was kind of stolen. For, yeah, exactly. You well, know what I mean? Like, like literally stolen. <laughs> yeah, literally like, stolen. the tree away from them. Right, right. right. <laughs> um, See this tree? Not yours. <laughs> so really, yeah. it's, it's the last minute deals that bring us all together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and like Valentine's, I, I don't know, man. So Valentine's Day, for instance, was basically an invented holiday. Hallmark mm-hmm. and some other companies was like, well, how are we going to get people to buy shit? Okay. And like, what well, would poor St. Patrick think of what his his holidays become? Well, he doesn't remember it because he's drunk. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey now, no defaming the saints. That's I don't I don't know. I I think I think we ought to rail against greed and commercialism and consumerism as much as we can, mm-hmm. and not care quite as much about the theological jihad. I, of, I totally you know, I, who, who owns who owns Christmas, Michael. I 100 percent agree with you, and I would like to just take the time to announce my Black Friday sale for SEOmatic plugin. <laughs> 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 11 months and 20 days from now. <laughs> you can... Improve your structured data in 2020. Yeah. SEOmatic. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> true. New York Studio Bundle. I could make it your New Year's resolution, right? To improve your structured data. So, what everyone so needs. If we to buy SEOmatic now, can you guarantee delivery by Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> it is guaranteed delivery. Guaranteed. If something goes wrong and the plug-in store goes down, I expect you to fly to Houston and show up in a Santa suit with a floppy disk. <laughs> no, you know what I'm going to do? Because I'm going to be on vacation and I'm going to be, ver- be very angry if my vacation is disturbed that I'm going to make sure you suffer, Michael. So I am going to show up in a little tiny, little tiny Speedo bikini. Mm. Okay. And I'm going to deliver it that way. I don't know where this vendetta is coming from. Like, you're the one who's making these wild commercial promises to try to, like, hawk your shit on Christmas. I didn't start this. But you're, you're telling hey, me I gotta he's fly. Just, he's just solving all your Christmas shopping. You thing. promised that it guaranteed delivery. Hmm. What to get everybody for Christmas? A copy, very own well, copy of SEO Matic. I'm right. personally so relieved. I've been worrying <laughs> about what to get my. <laughs> Delivered by the most memorable caroler you'll ever see on your doorstep. You know what? He shows up, he gets eggnog and figgy pudding. That's All right, Andrew, you know, you want some figgy pudding, show up on my doorstep in your bikini with let your SEOmatic floppy disk. Let me and- tell you, let me tell you, Michael, I'm going to bring new meaning to the song Jingle Bells, okay? 
Uh oh. All right. So, in a much <laughs> much needed sequitur, um, what is everybody's Christmas gift? If you do that, that you're most excited to give this season. I'm getting my daughter an old typewriter because she got really into the kids react YouTube channels where kids react oh to old technology and stuff. And she's oh like, I really want a typewriter. And so I went on Craigslist, found a still needs to be cleaned up this weekend, but old typewriter. And yeah, <laughs> should have just I, stolen I the typewriter from Matt. What kind? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's it's not a great one. Like it, it costs a lot of money for a good typewriter. It's like a brother's like elect yeah you know, electric assisted typewriter. Oh, hold on, Patrick. How old is your child that wants this? Six. Matthew. That's so badass. She's so cool, Matthew. Well, she's much cooler than I'll ever be. You have the same taste as a six year old, Matthew. <laughs> no. I well, no, actually, Maggie just has cool very refined that. taste. No, Maggie, Maggie very has has preternaturally good taste. Or a, yeah. Or a proper manual typewriter as for gifts like we kind of i mean we do it for the kids right uh for mm -hmm. each other we usually either just give us a list of like stuff we want or i think that's kind of lame so sometimes i'll go i'll go rogue and and get something for, for people but this year like the gift i'm giving people is we're going on vacation you know that's my gift how about you michael yeah okay your wife gets you in your bikini that's her that's that's the no, gift. no 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 the gift for her is a blindfold <laughs> 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 Marion, how about yourself? You got any any gifts that you're looking forward to giving or receiving, or you just you're all over it? I mean, the gift you want to give is the the sultry sound of your voice singing the uh, Christmas carols. I can sing the Christmas carols. You want me to sing the Christmas carol? Sure. Myrrh is mine. Its bitter perfume breathes a scent of gathering doom. Sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone cold tomb. I don't love your. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Marion's gift to us. Everyone now, together. I have yeah. never heard that in my life before. You've never heard that song? Not even once. Yes, no. you That's have. Three things. It's just the best one. The verses, yeah. It's like the worst baby presents. I, I have never heard it. <laughs> in all your, your obscure Christmas research, you, you didn't come up with that? Sorry. <laughs> huh. I, I didn't. How about you, Johnny Claus? You got any any special present that you're looking yeah, forward so, to giving or receiving? Yeah, my daughter's really gotten into Star Wars this year. And so she asked for, she's been asking for a remote controlled R2-D2. Nice. So I found one that you can sort of like program, quote unquote, his mm -hmm. actions and stuff like that with a smartphone. So How old's your daughter? I'm kind of looking, uh, she's seven. A seven-year-old daughter wants an R2-D2. She doesn't want anything from the prequels or the current movies. She wants an r 2 Oh, no. Yeah, she went to school. Today was PJ Day because it's the last day before uh, Christmas break. And mm -hmm. she went in her boy classic Star Wars pajamas because like they don't even make them for girls. So we had mm -hmm. to get her get them for her from the boys rack but I mean, yeah she's I, all about the originals not to derail but i mean i think that tells you how much a good character matters and how much a good story matters you know uh, yeah, absolutely even a child can tell how about you matt you got any good present yeah we've got a series of things to give to our dog and giving him things is for example one is an igloo with little penguins in it we have a series what? of shoes whoa, whoa, whoa you got <laughs> actual penguins <laughs> no not actual penguins i mean that'd be pretty cool but say, you're probably gonna kill them yeah yeah, we don't want to clean that up. But giving him things is is everybody wins. He goes nuts. He's a jumper. 
and he knows somehow when things are for him. He likes checking packages, but he's going to he's going to lose it. It's always fun to give. So him. let's say that you you and your wife have a bunch of different like food items that you give as gifts to your dog. And let's say that they're they're really recognizable because it's a holiday season and they try and put fancy colors on it and everything. Mm-hmm. If the dog ends up barfing it up, do you guys like assign the person who's got to pick it up based on, oh, no, that's the one you gave him? No, we Don't just do that. No, we I, we clean barf pretty, pretty equally. We, mm. we spread that out. That's good. Mop I, it up. I, it I am yeah. behind the whole equal barf cleaning up duties. So it's all about the dog. What's the dog's name? Dash. Dashel. This is full name. I'm sure there's a wow. middle name. It being you, there's a middle name and a background story that you've written on him as well. Yeah, well, his full name. So, his my wife's name is Bonds. Her surname and mine is Stein. So, and he he came to us as Dolly, D A L I. So his full name is Dashel Dolly Bonstein. How did I know that this dog had a full name? And probably has a, a backstory in a Wikipedia page and all that kind of stuff. I'm Not sure yet. He almost had a Twitter account, but I, sometimes I actually do the thing I'm supposed to. So, Michael, what about you? You got a, you asked the question initially. You got a, you got a special gift? Yeah, actually. So, my favorite gift that I gave this year is going to sound dumb. It was a Chromecast, but my, my sister-in-law likes to play music from her, like on her Bluetooth speaker in her living room. Hmm. And so, we were up there for Thanksgiving and she was playing Christmas carols. But like every time she would walk into the kitchen with her phone, it would go out of range and the music would stop on the speaker. And it was like this just like awful thing that would happen every five minutes. And so I know the answer for this. And so I I got her a Chromecast to hook up to her speaker so that she can walk around the house and not have her Christmas music be abruptly interrupted. That's very cool. Sometimes it's the simple things. That's sweet. So so this is actually the first time that we have done sort of this not really tech related, you know, holiday thing. And it was Patrick's idea. And I kind of feel that he's got the I feel like you did this, Patrick, so that I had to spend the next three or four hours editing this damn thing. You know how I work. I put a little (laughs) bug in your ear. It's unbelievable. But I want to say happy holidays to everybody. Anyone else uh, on the show want to say happy holidays? Let's do happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> but that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. If you'd like to have every episode delivered to your favorite player, you can subscribe via RSS or find us on iTunes or Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, please review the show on iTunes. <laughs> it's the best way to help others find the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at devmode. FM. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Leave us a comment on the devmode.fm website where we can continue the conversation. And I would like to find some rocks to throw at the uh, people who are whistling. (laughs) (laughs) For the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. I'm Jonathan Melville. I'm Marion Newlivet. I'm Matt Stein. I'm Michael Rogg. And I'm Patrick Harrington. Da, 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 da. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing a bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. All right, that wraps it up. I hope everyone has a lovely holiday season. Yeah, I think that went pretty well. Yeah. Yay! And if you it's would... Apparently- there needs to be a Star Wars version of this podcast. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> Clearly. And put in like a little warning, like if you are not interested in Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. extremely spoiler adverse, not that we were spoilery. Web developers naturally talk about. Mary Sue.